Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 51 of Revelation chapter 14. We're reading verse 20. And the winepress was trodden without the city, and blood came out of the winepress even unto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. Now, we were discussing the winepress and its being trodden, and we also, uh, in our last study, saw that the city is a reference to the city of God or the kingdom of God that each person that God says becomes a citizen of. And I'd like to talk a little bit more about that before we move on. So let's go over to Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll see a few verses there that relate to this. In Hebrews 11, verse 10, speaking of Abraham, it says, For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, God speaks of building a city the same way that he speaks of building a house or or building a temple. They're all really figures of the same thing, which is salvation. When God built the city, the heavenly Jerusalem, or the new Jerusalem, as it's called in Revelation 21, he built it compact together through the living stones of his people. Or each time he saved people, it was as though they were added to the city of God. And all through history, God was building the city. And then he completed the city when he saved the last of his elect right before shutting the door of heaven on May 21, 2011. The city of God was complete. God now dwells in that city because he indwells every soul, uh, every one of his elect, just as he completed the house. It, again, it's the same figure. Now, also in Hebrews 11, verse 14, it says, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And and this is that city. Uh, again, uh, in Revelation 14.20, the winepress was trodden without the city. And it is without the company of the elect, or it, it's not in actual places yet. At the very end of the world, when God creates a new heaven and new earth, and he gives his people new resurrected bodies, and, and he places them in that new creation, well, then uh, it, I suppose we can understand the city is complete in that sense, and God's people are then living in it in a different way than we are 
inhabitants of it right now, because now the saved who are um, citizens of that heavenly country and are present in that city in the person of Christ as we're seated in him in heavenly places, we're, we're there, but we're also here, those of us that are still alive physically and living on the earth. And, and so when God, uh, said in Revelation 22, verse 14 and 15, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. The gates are the uh, portal, the entryway, the door into heaven. And that's what was shut uh, when God ended his salvation program. And then it says in verse 15, For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Outside the city. Again, uh, not a literal place, but outside God's kingdom of the elect. All those that have been saved. If someone is not saved at this point in time, or since May 21, 2011, if they're not saved, they are without the kingdom of heaven. In Hebrews 12, it says in verse 22 and 23, But you're come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels or messengers, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. And that would be a reference to the eternal church of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the firstborn from the dead, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men, made perfect. So that's where we are come when we become saved unto the city of the living God. Now, remember what God said in the Old Testament, and this will help us to see how uh, we could be in the city, or God counts us in the city at present, and yet we're not there, we're on earth. It says in Zechariah 14, beginning in the first verse, Behold, the day of Jehovah cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken. Now that is referring to the earthly Jerusalem. Remember how God uh, makes the distinction between Two cities in in the book of Galatians. In Galatians chapter 4, it says in verse 22, and I'll, I'll come back to Zechariah 14, but it says in Galatians 4.22, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth the bondage, which is Agar, for this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, 
and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is. Where it says answereth to, it's better understood as corresponds to, and is in bondage with her children. So Jerusalem, which now is, is the earthly Jerusalem, historical Jerusalem, which points to the church. The church now is. And then in verse 26, But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all, all of the elect, all of the, the children of promise. For it is written in verse 27, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so is it now. And and then it goes on. But here God shows the difference between Jerusalem, which now is, and Jerusalem above heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God the Mount Zion that the Bible speaks of. And so we always have to keep in mind when we're reading of the city of God or when God makes reference to Jerusalem, which Jerusalem is in view. And in Zechariah 14, in verse 2, where we read, For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken. That language fits in with God's plan to loose Satan, to bring him against the camp of the saints, to overcome the saints and the two witnesses and so forth. And the language of Matthew 24, let those that are in Judea, when they see the abomination of desolation, depart out. Judea being the church, this city is a reference to the church. This Jerusalem is the earthly church because it's taken. But then it says, and it goes on to say, and the houses rifled and the women ravished and half of the city shall go forth into captivity and the residue or the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And at first, when we read that, we we don't understand it. So the ones not cut off from the city are God's elect, not cut off from heavenly Jerusalem. Even though the judgment on the church impacted us just as it would have impacted anyone else. And, and we were commanded to come out of the church of earthly Jerusalem, yet God is comforting us, really, by telling us, look, even though the Jerusalem below, the the Jerusalem that is the corporate church uh, that you see at your local corner, it is under my wrath, and I've cut that Jerusalem off, and you're not to return, yet you are still a citizen, still uh, belong to the heavenly Jerusalem, you will not be cut off from that city because you have been given eternal life. You have eternal citizenship. This this is the Jerusalem that God is speaking of 
when he talks of those being trodden in the winepress of his wrath without the city, not without earthly Jerusalem, the church, but without the eternal city of the living God. And all those, in other words, that are not safe and secure in Christ are going to experience the wrath of God. Just as historically when when God commanded Noah and his family get into the ark and then the Lord shut him in. Well, everyone without the ark, and, and that would have been everyone else in the world of that time, they were under the wrath of God. They were being destroyed by the flood. Only those within the ark were delivered from the flood. And, and, and that's what God is saying by, uh, using this language of the winepress was trodden without the city. You know, when we read things related to judgment day and the end of the world, we, we find fairly often that God speaks of casting people out. For instance, in Matthew 22, beginning in verse 11, we read of the king that came in to see the wedding guests. And it says in Matthew twenty two eleven, And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Now, uh, spiritually, the wedding garment points to the covering of Christ's righteousness. And the king, God, is coming into the wedding, which means there must be unsafe people present at the wedding. And and we know Judgment Day is likened to the wedding feast. And, and God is coming in to see the guests. He doesn't cast every guest out, which also implies true believers that do possess the proper wedding attire that is, Christ's righteousness, are also present. But this man doesn't have salvation. He he has no righteousness uh, imputed to him. He has no covering for his sin. And, and so he's speechless. And then it says in verse 13, Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness, There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, this would apply to someone who has given every appearance, has um, professed to be a true believer, has even identified with God's elect in all probability by coming out of the church, and, and they have associated with the true people of God, it's not like uh, it's as obvious as the wheat and the tares, as the tares remain in the churches and they're all bundled. There's no question about that. But now, during the wedding feast, the king, the king of kings, God, does an inspection of the guests that have come to the wedding. And again, it's always the same issue between God and man, are you saved? Ye must be born again. There's no way around it. There's no substitution for it. 
uh, doing good works is, is um, fine, but it won't save anyone. Anyone attempting to get right with God through works is going to come under the wrath of God. And so, ultimately, God finds everyone out, and he has uh, put forth a test, a severe test in the Day of Judgment, to make sure that guests that arrive at the wedding feast are discovered, and it is seen and becomes evident they have not on the righteousness of the Lord Jesus. They do not have that proper wedding garment. And and once identified, they're cast into outer darkness. Now, where, where are they going from and where are they going to? Well, it's as though, through their profession, through their identification with the true gospel and God's true people, that they were in the city, but never truly, because they had never really become born again. And so in the day of judgment, God puts them out the city with the murderers and whoremongers and adulterers and idolaters and those that love and make a lie with all the other unsafe people, in other words. They are placed without the city of God. And without the city is anywhere in this world outside of salvation in Christ. Because all that is without in the world today, out of the uh, kingdom of God, as God saved his people, and they have light in their dwelling, because they have the Holy Spirit within, all without the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ are in outer darkness. It, It is... The condition of this world, once God put out the light of the sun and the light of the moon and and the stars no longer give their light, the world lieth in darkness. And to be outside of salvation means one is in outer darkness. Now it also says in Matthew 25, in Matthew 25, in verse 10, this is the parable of the ten virgins. Five are wise and five are foolish. And they hear the cry that the bridegroom's coming. And and, uh, in verse 10 of Matthew 25, it says, And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage or wedding. And the door was shut. Now again, God, just as in Matthew 22, has a wedding in view. And... Uh, there are those that come in with him to the wedding, and we can understand that as they enter into the city. They go into the kingdom of heaven. And that entryway, spiritually, takes place the moment someone is saved. They're, they're brought into the city, but now it's all of those that God uh, determined to save before the foundation of the world the last one of the elect, are now brought in the five wise virgins, indicating all those that the Lord had atoned for, are safely brought in and the door is shut. Just as Noah and his family went into the ark with all the animals and God shut him in. 
It's Judgment Day, May 21, 2011. And remember, that was the underlying tie-in with the flood. Exactly 7,000 years earlier, the, the flood occurred on the 17th day of the second month of Noah's 600th year. And in May 21, 2011, it had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of the 17th day of the second month. It matched. It was the identical day and the identical month 7,000 years later, indicating, as, as only God could work things out like that, that this is the day I shut the door of heaven. This is the day all the elector brought into the kingdom and the door shuts. And notice what follows in verse 11. Afterward came also the other virgins, the foolish ones, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now since they want the door open, they are without. They're without the door, without the kingdom, without the city of God. And it is from that location, in in the darkness that the world has entered into, because immediately after the tribulation, the, the sun went dark and the, the gospel lights went out for this earth. It is there that God begins to punish the wicked of the earth, to tread them underfoot in his winepress. Well, let, let's just go to one other place in uh, Luke chapter 13. Luke 13, and beginning in verse 24, it says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in, and shall not be able. Now remember the, the gates of the city? Well, it has a straight gate, a narrow gate. It's that narrow way that only God can uh, bring someone through. It, it is so narrow, uh, uh, man cannot do it himself. It's impossible with men. But there was a way that was open through the salvation of God. And then it says in verse 25 of Luke 13, When once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without. And that's the same word that we have in Revelation 14, 20, without the city. And ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us. And he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not when ye are. Then ye shall begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not when ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. And and thrust out, or the word out is the same word without that's in Revelation 14.20. And and we can see so clearly now what God is saying here 
he brought a spiritual judgment on May 21, 2011. He shut the door of heaven, and yet people insist it cannot be. They insist he must still save. They are not submitting, not humbling themselves to the counsel of the word of God, to the will of God, as he declared to all the world that would be the end of his salvation program. That would be the day the door is shut. And, and instead they say, oh no, since I'm here, it must be God is still saving. And, and so they're encouraging others, uh, to also come with them to go to the door of heaven and knock on the door and say, Lord, Lord, let me in. And of course God will not. He doesn't recognize them. He does not know from whence they are. Because he already brought in his first fruits. He's already gathered his final fruits, the great multitude out of great tribulation. He has no other time and season for fruit. And, and therefore it, it is not known where these are coming from and their claim is rejected and denied. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. And, and, and following is the weeping and gnashing of teeth. When they see, not with physical eyes, but when they understand, when the Bible is proclaiming and the people of God are declaring, God has already saved Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets. Remember, we are prophets, priests, and kings. So all the prophets are all of God's people. They have all been saved. All whose names were recorded in the Lamb's book of life have been found. There is no more names in the registry. There is no one else to be discovered and brought in. And, and, and so this leaves them without. And, and that is the cause of the weeping and gnashing of teeth. It, it is the reason for the resentment and anger that some are uh, experiencing when, when they learn, in other words, that Jacob has received the blessing and not them, that they are Esau. They, they did not receive the, the blessing of the firstborn as they had assumed and thought. And, and so, uh, in in their heart, like Esau, they determined to kill their brother Jacob. They they're bitter towards him, and they have uh, anger that they can't even think straight. Well, uh, this is what is in view during these days of Judgment Day. These days after the tribulation. Thanks for joining us for E Bible Fellowship's evening Bible studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.